You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today we're talking about God's provision. God's provision. Today on Words of Encouragement. This morning I want to talk to you about the provision of God. Several years ago, there was a musical. Um, I think the actual title of the musical was God Will Make a Way. Uh, and in that musical, there is a song by that title, God Will Make a Way Where There Seems to Be No Way. That gives me hope. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope knowing that I have a God who can make a way where there seems to be no way at all, when there seems to be no hope at all, when there seems to be no way in heaven or on earth that something could ever, ever work out, and yet I serve a God who can make a way where there seems to be no way. Praise God for him being who he is today. In Bible times, I guess you could say Bible times are all are, are continuing, I guess, really. Uh, but in those times in which we have recorded where God moved and in this time before cell phones and internet and TV and all the distractions that we have uh, in our lives, which are still no excuse for not serving or worshiping or spending time with God. In, back in this time before all of that, every Jewish home had its supply of olive oil. It's precious. We went and visited a, uh, an olive oil, uh-oh, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> company, I guess, uh, when we were in Israel, my father and I, and, and they showed us how they do it, and they showed us, uh, they showed us the oil. It, it, was, it was incredible. Uh, but still today, very precious items, uh, a pr precious item in every Jewish household. This valuable commodity was used in religious ceremonies. It was, it was used for lighting the home. It was used as an ointment for treating illnesses and wounds. Uh, it was as standard as bread and milk is for us today. It was a huge part of the Israelite economy and was a... It was also, I don't want you to miss this, it was also a symbol of divine favor. For example, the fertility of the olive trees growing in the harshest of conditions served as a sign of God's care for Israel. The abundance of oil signified divine blessing when Israel obediently served God and divine disfavor when they led disobedient lives. So if you did not have any oil, it certainly would look like, well, you just, you haven't been living right. It's kind of like the rain, we, call, we talk about the rain, you know. Either uh, somebody's not living right, and I've also heard this, which I, maybe I shouldn't share, but somebody's not paying a preacher. Uh, that's, <laughs> and I don't understand that one, that makes no sense. Probably a preacher came up with that, you know, personally. Just, probably some preacher out there said, oh, well, yeah, I'm not paying a preacher. But uh, this, uh, kind of, this is similar, you know, to what we say. Well, somebody's not living right. We're not getting rain. Uh, 
well, if, if oil, if, they, if a house ran out of olive oil, it was a sign that, well, maybe something had happened. Maybe they had not been living right. Uh, and it's certainly not something you want other people to know about if you ran out of olive oil in that day. That's just not, you certainly wouldn't bring it up. Hey, we ran out of olive No. Oh, oh, well, what you been doing wrong? I mean, something's not right because you are favored with this olive oil from God. And uh, so there's something not quite right in your life. If you are able and willing, I ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Looking at 2 Kings, verses 1 through 7. Bible says this, it tells us, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels. And you shall, you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were, bringing her the, they were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. May God bless the reading of His Word. I ask you to be seated. This uh, poor Jewish woman was in dire need. Her husband, the breadwinner, at that point, she, he could work, she could not. He had died, leaving her with two sons. The family had exhausted its means, and the creditors were hammering on the door. The debt collectors were calling, they were texting, they were emailing, they were being very annoying at this point. It was lawful, you see, in those days to put a man in jail if he could not pay a debt, or even worse, under certain circumstances, the creditor was allowed to take a member of the family as a guarantee that the debt would be paid. Think about that. They're knocking at your door. Hey, you got to pay. I can't. Then I'm taking the boy. I'm taking that boy. I'm going to take one of your family members and we're going to keep them until you can. What if, that, what if that's how it went today? Some of you think, well, it almost is. It feels like it. <laughs> I mean, they, if, they, if they have a feeling that you owe and you do, and then they're going to make sure you pay. And so here it is, here is this family in a very bad predicament. The man she owed is about to take away one or possibly both of her sons. She stood to lose much. As I said before, she couldn't just go out and get a job. 
It's not how society, it's not how culture worked back then. She couldn't just do that. She was desperately poor. Her food supply was all gone except for this small vessel of oil. What could she do? Her need was great. It was, a time, it was time for a blessing from heaven. It was time for God to move. It was time for something to happen that was going to have to be miraculous because at this point there was nothing she could do. So they're in need. They're not in a good situation. What I want us to know here, though, is that God is not blind to this woman. He is not blind to her predicament. He's fully aware of what's happening in her home. He's fully aware of her need. Now look, I'm going to help. I'm going to ask your help in transferring this into your own life. God knows your need. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He is not blind to your situation. Whatever need it is that you have, he sees it. He is aware of it. Now you might say, well that just other people in the world know my need. It's not helping me. Remember who we're talking about. We're talking about Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth. We're talking about the God who knows all, sees all, and can do all. We're not talking about other people who know our need. We're talking about God who knows our need. We're talking about the one who can fulfill the need, the one who can come in and make it right, the one who can change the situation that we're in. And you and I have got to learn to continue to lean on Him. And I still think, I still believe in my heart, uh, or as some say, in my heart of hearts, <laughs> I some still believe in my heart that we miss out on so much because we waste a lot of the time of God in saying, well, I need this, I don't know how I'm going to get it, I just, I'm in need of this, not want, not want, need. I need this. I've got to have help. I've got to have help. I don't know what I'm going to do. And God stands there, the creator of all that is, and he says, I'm here. Do you remember that I'm here? I'm still here. And we're running around like little animals down here on this earth, running around, scurrying around, trying to find what, what can meet our need. And in reality, we have the very one who can, and he waits on us. God is very aware of your need. He is not blind to your need, and he's not ignoring this woman either. Yet, sometimes I think we feel maybe we wouldn't say it. Oh, That would be sacrilege to say that God is ignoring me. We know better. God word, God's word tells us that he knows what's happening. He, tell, he knows us. So for us to say, well, he ignored, we wouldn't say it out loud, but boy, sometimes I bet you we think about it. I bet you you sometimes might put it in your mind. Or maybe the devil puts it in there and you dwell on it. God's ignoring me. Here I am, I'm going through a trial. God's just ignoring me. I don't know why. I'm just, I don't know what. Let me assure you as your pastor, God is not ignoring you. He's not. 
He knows what's happening. He's fully aware. And the thing about God is he's not like other friends who know and can't or won't do anything, unable to do anything. God we're talking about. He can do something, and he's going to. Just because he has not met her need yet does not mean he is not paying attention to her. Just because she's in this predicament does not mean he has walked away from her. Some people would say, you know, like they did to Job. Well, golly, Job, you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. I mean, have you confessed your sins to God? Have you come to him and with a, with a penitent, you know, a repentant heart? Have you come to him and said, oh God, forgive me of all my sins. Please help me. He had a friend that did that. Job did. And, 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 and we, look, <laughs> he is paying attention to her. He knows what's happening in her life. Just because things aren't working out the way we think they ought to work out doesn't mean that he's just walked away from us. You know, sometimes I think we jump to conclusions. Do we do that? I think we sometimes jump to conclusions and think, well, then, oh, my goodness, God's got all those people in Florida he's taken care of. He's got all those people in Cuba. He's got those people in Puerto Rico who are still having issues down there. He's got people in South Carolina. God's got a lot to do. I'm sure that he's just going to maybe. It's so weird how we think. Maybe he'll get back to us someday. God's fully aware. God knows, and he's with us. He's not walked away from us. He's still God, and she is still, this lady is still one of his children. Are you in need today? What is your need? God is aware of it. He's fully aware of your need, and it may not be a need for oil. You may not have a need for olive oil in your home, but you might, you might just have a need for a friend. You might be sitting here in a room of, full of people, you might have the need to know that you are loved. I don't know what your need is. It might be a need for a sense of God's peace in your life. You just might, you just might need just a little portion. Dear God, just give me a little portion of peace to know that things are okay and things are going the way you want them to go. Because down here, sometimes we look and say, well, certainly God, he, certainly it's not going the way God wants, him, wants it to go. We must remember we're not God. And sometimes we need a little assurance that he's, he's still there. Things are going the way he wants them to go. And things will work out. Sometimes we just need a little assurance. He knows your need. He's aware of your need and he's not left you. God is fully aware of our needs. That's the first thing I want you to see. He's fully aware of our needs. Well, next, let's look. In the agony of spirit, this woman cries out to God's prophet for a blessing. It says she cries out to Elisha, verse 1. Your servant, my husband, is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord. Look, she's like, hey, look... I, he was, one that, he was one of your people. He, you know, he's one that did what he was supposed to do. He served the Lord. He feared the Lord. I mean, look, that, that's worth something. She gets that all out there. Look, look. Look at who he was. He's, look at where we are right now. The creditors come to take my two children to be his slaves, she says. Oh, my. It's not looking good. She cries out. She needs a miraculous blessing from God. She is beyond the help of ordinary men. There was nothing she could do to avoid the creditors. 
There was no job that she could do that would pay her debt. It was time for America. Uh, it was time for America. It was time for a miracle. It's time for a miracle to happen. Something needed to happen, and she knew that Elisha, God's prophet, would come through. He was familiar with miracles, something he could do. Certainly, he was the one to see. Certainly, he would petition God to work a miracle for her and her two boys when she asked for a blessing. She knows who to go to. Not only did she ask him, but in verse 1, we see that she cried out for it. She cried out for it. There's a difference there's a difference, isn't there, in the way that you and I pray sometimes? Oh, dear God, meet my need. Lord, you know my need. Meet my need. Okay, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm saying sometimes we, we, we mumble sentences toward God. Sometimes we don't, we, we, we don't, we don't approach His throne as he, for who He is in relation to who he is and in relation to who we are to him, we don't come to him and say, Almighty God, you are the creator of the universe. You can meet my need. Dear Father, I have a need, and I'm calling on you today, Father, to meet that need. Lord, help me. We cry out to him. This lady cried out to this prophet. She cried out to him. She didn't have a lot of garbled ideas that she just kind of threw together. She didn't half-heartedly say, Hey, Elisha, you know, we, got, hey, we, we, we need some help here. Hey, we need some, you know, we, we need some help. No, she cries out to him. There is emotion in her voice. There's, there's passion in her voice. Cries out to Elisha. Do you realize that many of God's children have no real sense of need as far as their spiritual lives are concerned. There are so many pews that have dry eyes and unconcern for the lost and poor relationships with God and others sometimes never seem to be a burden to us at all. We're not, we don't seem to be concerned about other people sometimes. No real sense of need to help others. What we do have is a sense of need on our part, but sometimes we don't have a deep sense of spiritual need on our part. This lady understood that the only one who could help her was God. And here is a prophet, here is a man of God who is representing God, who is speaking for God. And so she's like, wait a minute, I'm going to talk to him. I know who to go to. I'm talking to him because he's my link to Almighty God. And so she cries out. She's about to lose her children. She cries out to this prophet. Will you cry out to God for the need that you have? Will you cry out to him as your last and only hope? To meet your need? Will you cry out in faith? That's where we go to Him. We go to Him. We don't, we don't scurry around like little, little, little animals trying to meet our little needs. We, we go to God. We talk to Him. We lean on Him. He's the one who provides. He is provider. We must lean on Him. When we cry out from our hearts, things begin to happen. 
When we cry out in faith, knowing that He's the one, He's the only one, when we're trusting and believing in Him to solve the problem we have, to meet the need that we have, then things begin to happen. Because why? Because God sees we're serious. God sees that we're coming to Him. Oh, that we're coming to Him. We're not going anywhere else. We're coming to Him. And God says, yes, I've been here waiting for you to come. Let's do this thing, if you will. Let me meet your need. Let's do this. Now, in this situation that we see here in Scripture, we see this happens almost immediately. Things begin to happen. Not always is God's timetable like ours. We must remember that God's timetable is the best timetable and it may not match up with ours and we may not like that and that may not make us happy. That means we may have... You know, sometimes I think God is teaching us to lean on Him when He doesn't immediately answer when we call on Him. I think He... You know, we're so used to the microwave meal. We throw it in there, burn it or (laughs) nuke it or whatever... I mean, I've always been accused of putting it in there a little too long. And uh, yeah, it's really, really hot. Then I have to wait really, really long before I can touch it. But we're so used to having things instantly that we just think God ought to just do that to us. He ought to work that way for us. That when we call on Him, it just ought to happen. Happened back then. There's numerous examples in the Bible where God immediately worked and then there it was. So why can't that happen? I'm here to tell you that it can happen But it doesn't always happen that way. We have to learn to lean on the Lord. And so when it doesn't immediately happen, sometimes we think, okay, well, and we start doing what? Well, maybe he didn't hear me. Maybe he's, we go right back. Maybe he's ignoring me. Oh, well, maybe he's too busy. Oh, well, maybe he's forgotten I'm here. Don't listen to that self-talk. Don't go there. Hold on to the Lord. Hold on to God. Know that He's creator. Know that He can provide for you. Know that He's there for you. Know that He sees your situation. Know that He loves you. Know that. And lean on Him. When we cry out from our hearts, things begin to happen. Well, the next thing we see is the blessing is given. God's man, Elisha, responded to this heart cry of a needy woman. Look at verse 2. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Ah, she had the prized possession of the oil. That olive oil was there in the house of every Jewish family. There it was, and she had it. He then gives the command, look at verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. Go get some some jars, lady. Go get as many as you can, not just a few. Get big ones. Get, Get as many as you can. Go to your neighbors. Borrow from them. Go, go. Now, she just has a little jar of oil. She's told to take. In verse 4. Uh, now, now let's, before we get there, hang on. Let's think about this. Did Elijah have insight in what God is going to do in this situation? I would like to say yes. He has, an, he has a clue. Is this, a, I mean, or is this something God says, okay, look, tell her to do this. Okay, I'll tell her. I don't know. We don't know. 
Uh, I would like to think that since he is a prophet, that he, he might know the whole thing that God has told him, you know, is going to happen here. I, I kind of want to think that way and that he, he, he knows. He's fully aware of what's happening. And I think, I, I don't know about you, but I'd be excited. <laughs> I'd be excited if I were this prophet. Man, God's about to work. This is going to be so cool. Hey, go get all these vessels, all right? Go get all the, not, not just a few. I mean, go borrow from your neighbors. Go get as many as you can. Boy, this is going to be so cool when she sees what happens. I, I, I think the prophet knew, and I think, I just can't believe that he was not excited just a little because God was about to act. God was about to move. God was about to show himself for who he is. And this is a big deal for anyone to experience. And so look at verse 4. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. Oh, okay. It's just, she's got her little jar of olive oil, but... This is interesting. She's gonna, there's going to be some that are full. She's just got a jar. This is interesting. So, she's, so she does this. She puts, put aside the full vessels when, when they're full. Uh, now you and I may think this is so crazy and odd that a small jar is going to fill up all these vessels. That, that's just kind of odd. But what have we been taught? Little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. Certainly, with God, all things are possible. Look at verses 5 through the first part of verse 6. So she went from him. She shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. Now, that's an act of faith right there. That is an act of faith right there. She poured. She was told to do this, and she follows through. Uh, We'll just see what happens. Maybe this is, I mean, the man of God told me to do this, so I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this, what he's told me to do. She, she, she's trusting. She has some faith here to do this, to carry it out. Otherwise, psh, why am I going to do that? There's not going to be, I'm not going to have any to put to the side. There's not going to be any full vessels. What is he talking about? That's not going to happen. But she has faith. She has faith in God. She has faith in this man of God, this prophet of God, and she does what she's told to do. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, oh, wow. She begins to pour the jar of oil as she's told. The vessels become full. True and trusting faith is demonstrated once again. What about your need? Has he met your need? Do you have a need that he's ever met in your life? Let me ask it that way. Because I bet you do. Not a betting preacher. But I bet you have a need that's been met in your life that God has met. Has he met a need? I can assure you that if you have one now, that he can meet it. Will he meet every want and desire of your heart? No, because he knows what's best for you. Remember, he's your heavenly father. He knows you. You are his child. I am his child. He knows what's best for me. He knows what I need I may want a lot of things. And he's like, ah, you don't need that, though. (laughs) You really don't need that. What are you going to do with that? Oh, but it'd be so cool. Yeah, what are you going to do with it? You don't need that in order to live. God knows what's best for us. Be open to him as he meets your needs. He may not do it in a way that you consider normal. 
You, it may be from out of left field that he meets your need, and you're like, wow, didn't see that coming. <laughs> wow. He may do it in a way that is simply and totally him. Many times he will do it in a way that you least expect it. When we cry out to God, we're giving him the opportunity to meet our need. When we cry out to him in faith, we're giving him the opportunity to meet our need. And that's where we need to be. As children of God, we need to be giving God every opportunity to show himself to us. We ought to give him every opportunity. We shouldn't close off the opportunities by saying, oh, well, I'll just handle this. I can do this. It'll be okay. I will just have to deal with it. Oh, <laughs> give God an opportunity to move. Give God an opportunity to act. When we cry out to God, we're giving him the opportunity to meet our need. Now, the last thing, the blessing is limited. Look at verses six, second part of verse 6 and verse 7. It says, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Only one condition limited the flow of the oil. That was the lack of vessels. There was not another one to fill up. What does that tell us? God's got enough oil for all of us. God's got enough to provide for all of us. <laughs> Our deal is we just don't have enough <laughs> pots to put it in. And we just don't have enough vessels to put it in. But God is there for us. He's provider. A lack of vessels. When the prophet had instructed the woman to borrow the jars, the lid had been taken off as far as God was concerned. Borrow not a few, he told her. That simply meant that God was going into the oil production business and God had enough. He had enough to fill every pot she could find. Wow. Wow. There would be no limit as far as God was concerned in the deal. As long as there were pots, there'd be oil. She could have poured oil for the rest of her life had she had enough pots. When God starts pouring out blessings, and when they stop, it's not because God has run out of material or he has lost interest. The blessings stop because our capacity to receive has been limited by our lack of earnestness, or earnestness and faith. Jesus said, I have I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It is the nature of God to bless vigorously when He has the opportunity. It's His nature to bless us. It is not because God runs out of the blessing that the blessings stop. It's because many times we run out on Him. Paul echoes the words of Jesus when he speaks or writes in Ephesians, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. It honors God for His children to receive blessings. It gives Him an opportunity to reveal to a scoffing world His love for those who trust in Him. That's good stuff. And yet, how many times do we, provide, do we deprive the Lord of this opportunity? How many times do we deprive Him of what He would like to do? He stands with His arms open uh, are full of blessings, ready to bless us, and we're just running around looking somewhere else for help. We stand with a teaspoon to receive the bounties of heaven when we ought to have all the pots we can gather to catch all He desires to give to us. Wow. 
Our God is an abundant God and He wants to bless abundantly. He's not a pauper. His shelves are not bare. He is ready and willing if we are ready and willing to come to Him in faith for our needs. Now I feel like I ought to move into a sermon on needs and wants. Because there's a lot of things we want. We want this to happen. We want that to happen. God meets our needs. What are our needs? Do we have a need for a relationship to be healed? Do we have a need to forgive someone? Or do we have a need for someone to forgive us? Or do we have a need in our lives? God is there to provide. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may we find ourselves leaning more on you than we ever have. Oh God, help us to see you as the source of provision in our lives. Help us to come to you more than we have in the past when it comes to meeting our needs. Help us to realize when we can in our eyes, meet our needs. It's only because of you that we're able to do so. Lord, help us to look to you. Help us to lean on you. Maybe today there's someone here this morning that has not given their heart to you. They've not said, look, I am a sinner. I have sinned. I've done things that are repulsive to the Lord God. I'm sorry for those sins. I want to repent, turn away from those sins. I want to be forgiven. I'm asking you today to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be in charge of my life. Maybe today you need to make that decision to follow the Lord. Maybe you have a question about what that means. We're going to be singing a hymn of response here in a few moments. And if the Lord is leading you to come, would you come? Maybe you have a need this morning, a deep-seated need that you need God to provide for. Maybe you feel comfortable coming down here and just talking to Him, talking to the Lord. Maybe you feel more comfortable staying right where you are, but would you talk to the Lord about your need? He's never, He's not getting tired of you coming to Him. He longs to hear you talk to Him. Would you do that? Father, we thank You for Your love and for Your grace and for Your provision. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. Remember, we have a God who loves us, a God who takes care of us. I hope that you have made that decision to be one of his children, to be a follower of Jesus. Remember, contact us by going to www.fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And you can find most information you need right there on the website. Also, remember that you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. Until next time, this has been Words of Encouragement.